She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to a new, fresh, totally exciting, wonderful episode of the Autumn Miles Show. We've been hearing from you, and what I've heard from you has just blessed my heart. We are so glad that you're downloading the podcast. We're so glad that it's giving you life. We're so glad that you guys are being consistent. God just continues to grow. So make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you get a friend to subscribe. I mean, this would be a good thing for you to do on like one of your small groups. If you need something to go through, listen, listen to a podcast. There'll always be something to talk about after you (laughs) hear one of them, hopefully from God's word, of course. I've got some opening thoughts for you today. And my opening thoughts are trending towards my family. And uh, today is no different. I have a five-year-old daughter, for those of you that don't know, or maybe it's your first time listening, her name is Haven. Haven is one of my brides and joys. I would say she's the strongest willed of my children. I would say she's so small. She's five and she's 42 pounds, super, super small. But on the inside, she is like this warrior. And I love that about her so much. She reminds me actually a lot of me, but a couple of nights ago, She comes into my room. Now, I am a light sleeper, you guys. And she stands right beside my face and like stares. I open my eyes because I feel this gust of wind. And there is this tiny little child staring at me, to which I yell in her face because it's terrifying. She starts to cry and she says, Mom, I'm so, so scared. I had a terrible nightmare. It's horrible. It's a horrible nightmare. And I said, baby, everything's okay. I'm here, whatever. She said, I had a dream about birds pecking on my face. Okay, here we go. And then they started pecking on my stomach. And I'm scared of birds. And I'm thinking, you know, to a five-year-old, that is kind of terrifying. I take her on my arms. I say, you know what? It's fine. You're here. There's no birds in the house. Saturday, she comes up to me and she says, mom, I'm allergic to birds. Apparently she learned what allergic means. So I'm allergic to birds, mom. But interesting, on Sunday, my son Moses runs into my bedroom and he said, mom, there is a teeny tiny little bird that is my friend that is right outside on the patio. And I'm like, what is happening? But I go out there and I see this teeny tiny little bird and the bird is not moving. It is so crazy to me. It's like sitting still. So I go out on our patio. I am literally six inches from this tiny bird and it's not moving and it doesn't appear to be hurt in any way. Well, guess who comes up after me? my five-year-old 42-pound daughter who is terrified of birds at this point and allergic to them, okay, according to her mind. She looks at the bird and she gets really, really close to the bird and just like I am. Of course, I'm telling her, you know, don't touch the bird or whatever. But she realizes in that moment 
that the bird is not as terrifying as she has blown it up in her mind. It's not coming after her. It's not trying to peck her face or her stomach. It's not something to be scared of. It's just a bird. And I took her in the house and she said to me, like, of course, this is like five-year-old logic. She's like, mom, I'm not allergic to birds anymore. Like, they're fine. They're nice. Because she saw that what she had blown up in her mind to be so like the worst case scenario, she would come face to face with a bird. Actually, when faced with it, was not as intimidating as she thought. My whole opening thoughts is to challenge you about what have you blown up in your mind that God may want you to face. And when you actually face it, you realize that it's not as intimidating, it's not as scary, it's not as hard to overcome as you think. I look at what Haven was talking about with the bird and I'm thinking, you know, it's like a tiny little robin bird. Like, it's absolutely fine. But to her, it was something that was threatening her safety and her security until she was faced with it. I've got so much more to say about this. I want you to face what is making you fall. I'll be right back after the break to talk about this in detail. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. I want to dive into this story that I just told you about Haven. A couple of months ago, I was sort of thinking about things in my own life. I've been really open just about this year with you guys. But one of the things that the Spirit told me is I want you to face what is making you fall or what's making you fail, okay? Because this is what I think is happening. I believe this is a global word. This is a big C church word for everyone right now, because what do we tend to do in the Christian life? We don't want to face weaknesses at all, okay? This is what we do. We pacify our weaknesses or we pacify weaknesses in our lives with social media. Satan has got us so good 
at picking up our phones and scrolling through social media rather than spending time working on things in our lives that needs to be cleaned up, that needs to be tightened up, okay? We've also gotten really good at binge watching something. Maybe we don't want to face something that's happening in our life. So we go, we turn on a show, you know, we watch a series of something. We are tending nowadays not to face things that are making us continuously fall, okay? Just like I was talking about earlier in my opening thoughts with Haven, she saw a bird, she faced her fear, and it didn't seem so intimidating. I feel like God is calling us out as the Big C Church right now to face maybe for the first time in your life, to face something that is making you continuously fall, whether that is facing a relationship that you know is totally unhealthy, you know it's making you fall, whether it's morally making you fall, whether it's mentally making you fall, it's time to face that thing and to start figuring it out. Maybe it's some sort of addiction in your life. You know, you you do good for a little bit and then you're tempted by the devil for your addiction and you fall. You haven't really taken the time to face that thing that is continually making you fall. And here's the thing, what I'm finding is that we will go years and years and years and years in our life falling over the same thing over and over and over again, simply because we don't take a very direct approach to handling the thing that's making us fall. This happens in marriages all the time. My husband and I go away every year for an entire week for our anniversary. And this is where we tweak our relationship. It is vital to what we do. We sit down and like, we know what's coming. Like we want to have fun, but the health of our relationship is incredibly important. And we sit down and we actually start not picking our relationship apart, but I will ask him, Eddie, what have I done this year or in the last couple of months that I need to do better on? He will ask me the same thing. And and oftentimes we have one conversation about it in the last couple hours. Sometimes the conversation goes for days, but what we have decided to do in our marriage is face Some of the things, listen, I think Satan wants us to think we can be married for 60 years without ever tweaking ourselves. And that is just totally and completely wrong. People get married and they're married for a year and they realize, oh my gosh, this is incredibly difficult work. And they decide not to do the work. They decide not to tweak. And so, you know, they fall for divorce or move on or or whatever they do. I believe right now, especially in our marriages in this country, in our relationships in this country, in our habits in this country, we have pacified them away rather than facing them. And I think that God wants us to face that thing that continually trips us up and makes us fall. Now, this is terrifying. 
It might be absolutely terrifying to you as I am saying this. And you know what? It's not fun. In my book, I Am Rahab, that I wrote, and it came out in 2018, one of the things that I write about a lot in the book is people stay defeated because victory takes work. It will take work for a very small amount of time. But how about this? What if it takes work for two or three months to get into a new routine, to get into a new habit, rather than making you trip up for the next 10 to 15 years. I believe it is time. I believe that God is saying, start facing this unforgiveness in your life that is making you frustrated all the time. Start facing this addiction. Start facing these things in your marriage that need to be tweaked. It's not always his fault. If you're a male listening, it's not always her fault. Face these things in your parenting. If you see that your kid is like unrestrained and crazy, let's put some boundaries on do the work, do the work. I believe it's time. And I did this myself this year. I saw that I love to work. I love what I do. I love it. And then when it's kind of all taken away, when Corona hit us in March, it gave me some time to really start facing some of these things that I've pacified away, even with work. So I have done this in my own life this year. And this is the passage of scripture that really, really, really got to me. I believe that God is asking some of you guys out there to face some fears that you've had for a long time, fear of whatever it is, fear of stepping out in faith, fear of starting that business, fear of whatever. So this can take on a whole bunch of different definitions, but this is the passage of scripture that is age old. You learned this in Bible school. This is not new. However, the principles applied in the way I just said, I think can revolutionize your life. Face what's making you fall. First Samuel, we meet someone in the scripture that proves to be vital to the bloodline of Jesus. He's a little shepherd boy. His name is David. He's anointed king at a very young age by Samuel. And we see him in first Samuel 17. Now he has already been anointed king, but I think it is so powerful that he goes back to tending sheep. A little while into just life, we see the Israelites getting confronted with the Philistines. The Philistines are a big foe of the Israelites, and they are throughout the whole Old Testament. But in this particular place, and I know you guys may know the story and you may know where I'm going, we see a predator of Israel step up to the plate. He is a warrior. His name is Goliath, Goliath of Gath. He is a giant. He is huge. And one of the ways that Israel used to fight, they would take a warrior from Israel or from the Philistine army in this particular case. And that one warrior would fight the other warrior. And whoever won that fight won the war. And that's what they were doing here in 1 Samuel 17. Now the Philistines knew that they had something good going with Goliath because he's terrifying just to look at. I want to read a little bit about Goliath of Gath. Pick it up in 1 Samuel 17 verse 4. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height 
was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was clothed with scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He also had bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked before him. And this is what Goliath of Gath did. Goliath was aware of what he looked like. He was aware of the fact that he was intimidating. He was aware that he had the ability to put fear in anyone who saw him. He knew that that was probably his greatest asset in his lifetime. And this is what he does. He stood, verse 8, and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up in battle array? Am I not the Philistines and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. This is the opponent warfare, which they chose in this particular case to fight. Again, the Philistines said this, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Now, the next verse is hilarious because it basically shows the state of the leader that was sitting under the king. When Saul, the king, And all Israel heard these words of the Philistines. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. No one wanted to face the giant. No one. No one wanted to face him because they were scared they couldn't overcome him. No one was courageous enough, even as Saul, who had killed thousands and thousands and thousands of of enemies of Israel. For some reason, Goliath of Gath was the one that he just couldn't muster up enough courage to confront. Therefore, for 40 days, the Philistines, verse 16, came forward morning and evening for 40 days and took his stand. 40 days and 40 nights, the entire nation of Israel and their king shook in fear simply because they wouldn't muster enough courage up to face a giant that was only powerful in intimidation. 40 days, 40 nights, they fell because of fear of something that they could easily overcome with God's help. This is why I wanted to do this whole show on face what's making you fall. Because I think if you're honest, I have been Saul a lot. I've been the nation of Israel a lot when there has been a Goliath that has been raging, that has been intimidating, that has been taunting me for a length of time. And I can't seem to muster up the courage to face them. So I've been in Saul's shoes before a lot, 
And I understand what it's like to not face something, but rather pacify what continues to make me fall. I've lived that life, but I've also lived the life of a little shepherd boy named David. David enters the scene right after we see that Goliath comes forward for 40 days and 40 nights and takes his stand and yells at the armies of Israel and taunts them and makes fun of them and tells them how much they cannot prevail against him. We see a little shepherd boy door dash subway to his brothers who are watching what is happening. He had the role of bringing his brothers lunch. And he delivered the subway to his, the biblical subway to his brothers, and he shows up and he sees what's happening. And rather than falling in line with those that are standing and are gawking and are looking and are terrified, he steps in with a totally different spirit. He steps in not knowing the 40-day effect that this has had on his brothers and Saul and the nation of Israel. He steps in confident. He steps in fresh. He steps in understanding who he is as a, a small little shepherd boy, but who he could be under the power of God Almighty. And he watches what takes place. And he says this, and I want to read it to you. Verse 26, then David spoke after he had surveyed what was happening to the men who were standing with him saying, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? Listen to what he says. For who is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? This verse radically changed my life years and years ago. Who is this who thinks they have the freedom to taunt me when I house the power of the living God? David got it. David got it. And he volunteered himself to go and fight. He faced with a few pebbles, what was making the entire Israelite army, his brothers, and their king fall. He faced it. He handled it. I love this, and then I'll get to um, closing up. David said to the Philistine in verse 45, 1 Samuel 17, 45, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. Verse 50 says this, thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And he struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in David's hand. Let me bring it home for you. What has been making you fall and fail? What is it? What is that thing that you keep tripping over? Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an addiction. 
And it's intimidating because you think, where do I even start? This is a Goliath. This has been taunting me for so long. I don't even know how to get ahead of it. I know what that feels like. Like I said before, I've been Saul and the nation of Israel, the Israelite army, but I've also been David. And I am telling you what took him a day to do a split second. Goliath was gone because he faced it is what I believe that God wants from you as well. It's time to stop messing around. It's time to get serious because it's time for this thing to fall. And it's only going to fall if you face it. It's time to have that conversation with your husband. It's time to admit to being wrong. It's time to take some responsibility. It's time to make that call and ask for forgiveness. It's time to make that call and grant forgiveness. It's time to unfollow some people on social media because they're making you fall. It's time to get back in the word of God and learn how powerful he is. It's time. Face what is making you fall. It may take a lot of work in the short term. But in the long run, you will be free. The nation of Israel was free because David had the courage to face it. I hope this encourages you. I'll be right back right after the break with a question from you about this content right here. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, back from the break. I hope that encouraged you. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, how long do you want to struggle with the same thing, guys? Come on, come on. We don't want to. We want to move on. We want to move past things. We need to face things. So listen, wouldn't it be great to go into 2021 and leave all the junk of 2020 behind? Let's go into 2021 fresh, free ready to do huge things for the Lord. I got a question actually about this specific topic. This question comes from Jennifer D. She's a follower on social media. By the way, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I don't ever do Twitter because I think they need Jesus and I just can't get all wrapped up in that. It's like mind blowing what some of those people say over there on Twitter. Anyway, follow along, send us a DM with your question. Or you can reach out to us at hello at autumnmiles.com. You can email us. From Jennifer D., this is what Jennifer D. says. She says this, what if you can't reach out to face it? 
In some cases, reaching out will make it even worse because they will be thrilled you're thinking about them, okay? What if you can't reach out to someone to face what keeps making you fall is what Jennifer is saying. This is an excellent question, Jennifer. I'm so glad that you asked this question. Here's the deal. You cannot control somebody else. You cannot do it. You can't control their response. You can't control the fact that they are going to like the fact that something has been bothering you for a long time. You need to stop worrying about the response of somebody else. If what's making you fall involves another person and you think that they will be tickled to death that you keep falling over them, you have got to give them completely over to the Lord, okay? You have to live with yourself 24-7. So what I would do if you feel like you can't reach out to them is you need to start to work on forgiveness in your own heart towards that person. If you need to confess something, confess it to the Lord. And you need to obey what God is telling you to do, just like Charles Stanley has said for years. He says, obey God and leave all the consequences to him. So you need to handle what you can control, which is yourself. Take that thing before the Lord, confess it, forgive the person and move on. If God really is impressing on your heart to reach out to that person, you need to do it. It doesn't matter how they respond. You are going to be doing the right thing. I think so many times we wonder about how this person is going to respond or not. It doesn't matter how they respond. What matters is your heart of obedience to the Lord. So if it is a person that you need to confront because they keep making you fall, do what God is asking you to do and move on in freedom, knowing that you have obeyed exactly what God has asked you to do and let them flap, let them laugh at you, let them taunt you, let them do that. Because once you're free, you're free. It doesn't matter anymore. Block them on Facebook, block them on Insta, block their text, whatever you need to do to separate yourself from it. But do what God's asking you to do. Do what you can take responsibility responsibility over in your life. You can only control you. Okay. I hope this helps Jennifer. Thank you guys for listening along. You can catch me next week, right back here on the autumn miles show. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to this edition of the autumn miles show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show.